Welcome beyond the Reiki Gateway. I'm your host, Andrea Kennedy. Like countless others, Reiki found me when I wasn't even looking, and then it ignited a whole new world of questions. This podcast explores topics of interest for the spiritually curious. Join me for discussions and special guests on subjects such as past lives, crystal healing, spiritual awakening, ascension, energy healing, and more, all to assist and inspire you along your unique soul's journey. Welcome to Beyond the Reiki Gateway. I'm Andrea Kennedy, and today I have with me Tara McCamus. Tara is an intuitive quantum energy practitioner who works with awakened beings in the human form to recall their origins and natural energy skills. By following energy lines through the densities of the physical body, thought patterns, emotional wounds, alternate dimensions, and past lives, she finds the roots of imbalances and disease. She empowers her clients with experiential understanding and knowledge of who they truly are and what they're capable of in this lifetime through consciously shifting their own energy. Tara, welcome today to the podcast. I'm super excited to talk with you. Let's see where this conversation goes. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Andrea. You're so welcome. You know, here at the podcast, we do want to bring information about different healing modalities that are out there. And a lot of our listeners are familiar with Reiki and what that is, but there are other energy healing practices out there. And this is one reason I wanted to have you on so that you could perhaps explain how it is you work and maybe you could, I don't know, compare and contrast a little bit about Reiki and what you do, the quantum energy modality. Sure. Yeah. What I do is it's definitely different. I'll start by saying it's something that I have worked with my guides and kind of developed. So there's not a course out there on it necessarily. So I'm working towards that. What I do is I tune my consciousness up to a frequency where I can see the energy, just as our senses pick up different frequencies. We can kind of think about how we see things differently than, say, a dog sees things. That's a different frequency range, right? I have learned through a lot of work to move my consciousness up to a frequency where I can see the quantum energy lines, the waves, the particles within our systems so that I can then work with it. In contrast to Reiki, it is, I say, I work with Reiki energy. I am not Reiki trained. I've had a little understanding and education on it. I work with the Reiki frequency. That's that beautiful golden, some call Christ light, universal energy. But I also, I work within it in its specific ranges, as well as ranges beyond that that are a little higher or lower, depending on what we need to do. So with Reiki, we tend to try to get out of the way and let the energy do it because that's where the guidance comes from. But with what your approach is, it's a little bit different. Can you describe that for us? Yes, it is different. I, as opposed to getting out of the way, I'm actually diving in. It's a little bit more like being a detective. I'm going in and I'm unpacking your energy system 
to find where that root cause of whatever we're working on is, following it back to that and then making the adjustments there so then the vibration can move out into healing. It's almost kind of the opposite of Reiki in that sense. I also, so maybe we're following it back to a past life. We could be following it back to childhood trauma, which could be physical. It could be emotional. We might find it's not even yours. It might be somebody else's stuff that you picked up along the way for whatever reason that is. Might have felt obligated, might have not known it got slung at you. Then what we want to do is find that and then maybe move it out. Or if it's a trauma, we need to do some healing work or untangle something that got confused in a thought pattern so that you can then heal from that, from the root out. Ah, you had mentioned that there was not a class that you took for this. And so can you help us understand how did this come about for you? It's been a journey, (laughs) definitely a long journey. I was born with a lot of abilities to see things and to communicate with my guides, communicate with angels, with fairies, with all kinds of wonderful creatures out there and entities. So I struggled for a long time. What I found a couple of decades ago was a meditation path that taught me how to work with my energy, how to bring in that channel of light that flows from above the top of our head down into the base of our spine, and then how to identify what was my energy and what was other people's. And that in itself allowed me some space to understand my abilities. Over time, working with that and being able to talk with my guides, they said, you need to work with others for this. I thought, oh, what I'm doing? I was doing oracle cards, you know, things like that for people. And one day in a session, my guide said, just reach over and take it off her shoulder. She had some heavy burden she'd just been carrying around. And I said, do you mind if I just reach over and grab that? She's like, what? And I just pulled it off and she went, and her shoulders lifted, her whole energy shifted. And my guide said, see, you have to do this. And From there on, I have worked with them, my knowledge, and just learning lots of different paths and lots of study, lots of variety of things, being open-minded and a lot of trial and error. (laughs) Here we are. Wow. It sounds really organic and just natural how that came to be. That is really something. You've already said you see the client's energy and I guess can physically reach over and change things. Does this work at a distance too? Yes. And actually, I started working in person. And just a couple of months before COVID hit, I got this, you have to go remote. I don't know how to do that. As you have to. And lo and behold, I had to. And I'm so glad I made that transition. But what I found in doing that is it's almost more powerful remotely. And what that is, is we, I work With the client, we tune up in the beginning so that we create a quantum field and we ask our angels and guides to come around and protect and seal that bubble in the quantum field. And I work with their holograph. And so to kind of give a visual for folks, I have the phone on a selfie stick and I just have you on a regular phone and on speaker. And then I see a holograph in front of me of your energy. So lots of energy lines and lights and colors, and I work it with my hands. Literally, I am digging around. Sometimes, oops, I knocked the stand over because my eyes are closed, but I'm completely in the quantum field with you. Clients really feel those moments of change. I'm glad you said that because that was my next question. 
Why do you think it works better at a distance? Because, you know, with Reiki, a lot of us feel it works better at a distance too. So I'd love to get your take on that. I've done a lot of thought on this too. A couple of very practical things is the client's more relaxed. They can sit there in their pajamas, their temperature in their room is comfortable. You know, so we have those aspects, right? Also, I work with a lot of deep trauma, whether it's this life or past or where, you know, identified or not, they feel safer there because tears can roll down their face and it, it's okay. They can really be free. Um, the other side of that is for me, I'm not bumping you. You don't feel uncomfortable with me walking around your body and pulling things. From an energy level, we are at the same level and we're all in that full, deeper quantum field. So I think that there's no 3D barriers. Yeah, I like how you said that, no 3D barriers, because I agree. It's almost like we lose our edges, our human edges, our self-consciousness. We don't have that level of thinking or almost like interference. I see that too in my classes. I think the students, the classes are live and online, and there is such a benefit to that for exactly the same reason that you're talking, that they're in their own environment, they're comfortable, and there's that bit of privacy if they need it to release or, or whatever. So yeah, that is really fascinating. You mentioned about past lives and traumas and things like that. And I do want to go there and see how that relates. We've had guests before talk about past lives. And I think that what I'm hearing from people is they're opening up more and more to the idea that past lives are present, having an effect in their present life. Therefore, I think the whole door to past lives and understanding that more is opening wider and wider. Can you talk about the past life influence and why is that important? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely one of my favorite subjects to talk about because I think it has so much more influence on who we are today than we realize. I like to think of it as one soul life. It's our soul's journey. It's our soul's life. And so I don't really differentiate too much between them. We may not remember them, but I don't remember much of when I was two either, but it's still part of my life. So I kind of think of it as more of a, a phase of growth each life as opposed to separating them out. But from an energy standpoint, as we've experienced so many lives, they get imprinted on our energy field. And our soul doesn't think of things, not very literally to start with, but definitely doesn't stop, start, stop, start. It's part of who we are as we've been growing all of these lives. And so we bring forth in this life a variety of things from other lives. Some of them, of course, are traumas, right, that we need to work out. Something didn't get healed. It could be a relationship, emotional. It could be something very physical. So there's those aspects. There's also things, though, that we're working on. Our soul is growing every life. You can think of each one as a different grade in school, in a sense, to kind of simplify it. And so you got to learn, you know, your basic math in order to move into geometry. And then you got to move into algebra, however, you know, those types of steps. I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> I am not a mathematician. So we're building on things each life. And so we may be learning how to stand up for ourselves 
and be seen and speak our voice, we're going to bring those tools, the beginner toolbox, into the next life so we can keep growing on it and keep building. And I think that's a really important piece we often don't think about. Sometimes when we just look at our lives too, we also are helping our generations grow. We run along genealogical lines. Sometimes we come into a family to help heal a trauma or to help grow that family in some way, you know, awakening or bringing their power back. We come in to shift things um, in different lives. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. So we get another chance the next time around. So I've heard before, you know, sometimes clients will say and students will say in class, you know, different things will come up for them and they'll say, I thought I healed that. I've spent so much time and I thought I healed that. And then, oh my gosh, here it comes again. And I'd love to hear your response to that, especially in the context of what you're talking about, which I really appreciated about you don't remember when you were two and then not starting and stopping. I think that is really important because I do think a lot of people and probably myself too, have thought of it like that, like lifetime over, (laughs) lifetime over, you know, like that. And I really do resonate with what you're saying about it's just more like one continuous thing. And maybe we just have different levels of awareness as we go through. But anyway, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. But what about that, about we think we've healed something, we've done a lot of work, and then here it comes again. Did we fail? How do you respond to that? No, we didn't fail. I think if you're trying to work on something, you've never failed. There's different aspects and angles of things to heal or work on, grow from. Sometimes that's part of it. Maybe you did heal it, but maybe now it's time to grow with it further. And growing pains can be just as painful as healing wounds. So there's that piece. And from a past life standpoint, a lot of things that we cycle back around through are things we came from another life to work on. There might be a deeper piece to that. Maybe you did heal that emotional trauma in this life that happened, but it didn't get back in those layers. And I often say I'm unpacking things when I'm working. So you got to unpack all the layers. Layers aren't always in order like we'd like to have them, but there may be layers that have gone back. Say there's deep trauma of abandonment that you've worked on in this lifetime and you've, you know, you've conquered it here. You feel really good. And then boom, it hits you out of the blue. That could have been because there's a, there's a deeper piece of past abandonment trauma in a past life or multiple past lives that could be yours or they could be tribal or ancestral. A whole group of you in some way were abandoned um, or some sort of trauma. And what happens is you cleared up all of your stuff so that you are strong enough to go deeper into those past lives and clear for either that soul you, the deeper soul you, or for others. And you never know what that is. Yeah. You know, when you say that, that reminds me, we often hear, I think, (laughs) at least where I'm listening, we hear about if we heal today, we're healing ancestors that came before us. And maybe those that come after. Yeah. Is that true in your experience? It is. Absolutely. Because 
you ever heard of the butterfly effect where the butterfly flaps its wings here and it's, you know, changes things around the world. And that's the same, especially with our generational lines, that bloodline, that DNA, that's strong energy for sure. But also we often reincarnate with one another while we're working on something. You don't have to stay in the same family forever. We jump around, but we kind of have a little pod that we're working together. And so if you're healing your issues, that does vibrate out. Of course, it breaks the cycle and vibrates forward, right, in future generations, but it also vibrates back into our ancestors and those. Sometimes something happened pretty seriously, and you know, if you world history, we've all had a little of that. There's big, big traumas out there. And so sometimes it takes going back a little bit deeper to really clear that it sets the whole group free so it can vibrate out. Now, each of those people get a choice in what they do with it. But yeah, you're healing the group. This is an interesting topic because I remember once I had a client and she came in for Reiki. And in the session, what came through to me was this understanding somehow that part of her purpose in this lifetime was really to be a processor of big emotional energy that wasn't even hers. I thought, what is happening? And one of the reasons she came in for the session was she felt kind of all over the place with her moods and all of that. And so when that sort of came to me in the session, it made sense. But I think that was the first time that I considered these larger missions that I think some people have that serve the collective or larger groups. Do you find that often? Or can you speak about maybe different missions that some people come to fulfill? Sure. For the collective. Yeah, absolutely. Most all of us get a turn at that larger, those larger projects for different reasons. And not always. We get, we get other lives that are just ours and some that are just respite, I find. Before we come into a life, what I see and what my guides have showed me is we spend time with them deciding what we're going to do, what we need to work on, what we need to heal, what we want to learn. And also, if this is a good place for us where we are in our soul growth and where the world is, if we can contribute further to the collective, as we call it, and to our greater life growth. And so we kind of make those plans and then we decide what we need to bring in. Some of those imprints of past lives or some of that past lives that we, we intentionally bring in to work with. And I find a lot, because we've all seen this huge shifts in the world the last couple of years. A lot of us came for that this time around. And some or come, you mentioned your client who's processor. I like that term. She was, you know, helping process these immense amounts of old energies that we're releasing so we can grow as a collective. Others come in sometimes to be a healer or to a leader, whatever that may be. It's important to know that if we've been called to do that, we've been practicing in other lives. We've been training for those things. And we have been set up with our guides before we came with all that we need to do it. And sometimes we spend a lot of this life preparing for that mission. Yeah. I really like something that you just said. 
And I want to highlight that, maybe restate that for everybody. And that is that bit about we come in with everything we need. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think a lot of us need to hear that. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I find a lot of in my sessions working with clients, that's what we're working with is we have been conditioned a lot growing up for different reasons that we don't have enough. We aren't enough. We're not prepared. We need to defer to an expert. We need to learn more. We need to study, you know, all these things. And and it's not bad. We do need each other. That's why we live in these lovely societies and groups. But with that comes this conditioning that we're not. And we are, though. We are, I would say most all of us are very, very old souls. And we've been doing this a while. So we're, we're actually pretty good at being humans. This world's a little different this time around. A lot more energy happening we have to get used to. But we still, we work with our guides. And we prepare, we bring in what we need. I would say two things. One, there's imprints uh, throughout our system, but a key place is the kundalini energy. If anyone is familiar, that's the energy that's coiled at the base of the spine or just below it. And it actually contains like our toolbox of all of the skills, the knowledge and the understanding we've gathered over lifetimes that we need for this lifetime. When we start to uncoil that and bring it up our spine, We start feeling that power that we have always had and bringing it in with our higher self energy coming from above our head. We are complete. We have all that we need. We have our connection to the divine and we have our deep ancient power that we have practiced and know. So we can then feel that and turn inward to find our answers. And do you work in your sessions to bring up the kundalini? for people. You know, that's a mysterious thing, I think, for a lot of people, that whole kundalini thing, because we hear about kundalini awakening. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but some people really pursue that, you know, having that awaken, or they'll talk about a spontaneous awakening, things like that. What's your take on that? Are we meant to work at that? Or is it best left to just naturally do what it is going to do? Great question. I think there's a lot of misconception around it also that it's the sexual power or it's this untamed force. And it, it is raw power, but it's yours and it's who you are. So what I find is a lot of times big trauma, we close it. Like you're closing the safe to protect the jewels, right? Really, when we're born, it's pretty close because you don't want access to all of that when you're two, three, seven. Uh, that's overwhelming. But as you mature and grow and experiences call for it, should be coming up naturally. That's that uncoiling of slow pulling up. And we learn to work with it just as we learn to work with our physical bodies as they grow, right? There are times, like I said, that it gets closed. It also, things can happen where we burst it open. A lot of times that's in an energy work practice, some sort of modality. And that, while it's your power, it's your knowledge and such, it's not really going to hurt you, but can really disrupt your system. Don't want that rush up if you're not ready for it. In my sessions, I only open what your system calls for. Sometimes you just need to become familiar with it again. Let's let's just kind of little trickle come up. So then as you grow in your strength, you can bring it up. If someone's heavily traumatized or 
going through a really tough time that's really emotional, they may not have the strength or the confidence to handle that. And it would be worse. So you always want to respect where they're at and respect yourself where you are. I think another piece with the Kundalini is where a lot of people I've heard talk about how it was a terrible experience and that's that rush and you're not ready for it. Your system's not balanced to handle that intense energy, but also we haven't spent time to get to know ourselves so that we feel comfortable. You spend time with it. It's the most sacred, calm, peaceful place. You feel home because you are home. Think about going to grandma's and all the pictures of all the years, you know, that's you, but just you. It's a safe space. It seems like it would be very grounding. Very grounding. It is our ground. And that's one of the big things as we grow and ascend and we raise our vibration. You know, we're all working to have a higher vibration. It's a big trendy words today. That's one of the key pieces is that it's in the center just below our spine. So it is the core of our root chakra, which is the foundation of this life. So if you open and access that and it comes out to be larger, the ancient you who you've always been, who all the things you've known, grown, understand about life becomes your foundation of this life. That's incredibly empowering and empowerment is grounding. So you feel safe in your system. You feel safe in your life. You feel connected. Can't get more grounded than that. And I would imagine, too, you talked about being connected to source. And then that, that just has a yummy feeling because that's all about balance. And also, I think, too, about claiming our place here on Earth, which I think a lot of people want to fly away from earth and like never look back. But aren't we in a time right now where we need to be present here on earth and we need to embrace our physical presence here on earth and our connection? Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. We're in those times. Oh my goodness. Yes. More than any other, I would say these times. We chose to come here, whether we we want to admit that or not. We all chose to be here in this moment to witness the shifting. And I think there's there's two pieces that we forget. You mentioned the light coming in, our higher self coming in, and that's our infinite self, our higher self, our soul. Connecting that to our ancient us is that great balancing. It's the completeness of all of who we've been, who we are, and who we're to be. I think a lot of us don't want to be here right now. We feel overwhelmed because we feel disconnected. We don't feel that wholeness, but when you can connect to that, this is exciting. These are exciting times we're in. Yeah, it's messy and it's obnoxious at times, you know, and sure, I'd love to fly away too every so often, but we wouldn't want to miss this. Our soul would never want to miss this great shift because we have spent lifetimes working towards it. We have spent lifetimes evolving our higher consciousness, our individual consciousness, and coming to understand how to live in the third dimension. We're really good at living in non-physical dimensions, but to be a non-physical being living in a physical dimension, that is so powerful. That's just a huge experience. And we're getting to do it in a time where we're learning to embrace both. We're not just physical out there on the land, you know, which is magnificent, magical, and we're not completely out of third dimension, we're getting to see the two come together in technology, in spirituality, 
in our thinkings and philosophy, all of these things. Wow, what an experience to be here. And so much of that, I think, if we can connect into who we've been in past lives, not just in the Kundalini, but in our awareness and our memory of who we've been, then we start to remember, oh, yeah, I worked my little tail off to get to this place. And I'm one of the people, I'm one of the beings that get to be here in the third dimension and watch it all shift. It is exciting, isn't it? It is. It really is. I totally agree. But yeah, it's it's not all uh, rainbows and butterflies, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> we wouldn't want that either. I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves, we wouldn't want that. No, we wouldn't because we wouldn't be growing. And we came here to grow. Correct. We came here for the challenges so that we could learn further. Yeah. And to me, this time, we're here to watch too. I mean, actually watch things that probably a lot of us have just dreamed about in these other lifetimes. So true. This episode is sponsored by the new Mainstream Reiki community, where we bring together Reiki practitioners of all levels to build a supportive, like-minded community, continue our education and practice together so that we can deepen our understanding of Reiki, explore related topics, and empower ourselves and each other to practice Reiki more confidently. Join us for live Reiki practice, participate in group mentoring sessions and conversations to share insights and connect with other Reiki practitioners from around the world in a welcoming atmosphere free of social media and advertising. To learn more, please visit members.mainstreamreiki.com. For the subject of past lives again, can you give us some examples about past lives that maybe wowed you or that you saw tremendous relevance to for the person? I mean, you know, what are those standout moments or examples for you? Yeah. So I'm always wowed. I think one of the things that always just amazes me is the uniqueness of them. We like to put things in boxes and categories. And for understanding, what I find when I get into a past life, never know why they imprinted that on their energy system and how it relates to today. You just never know. Some of them, let's see some examples of some fun stuff. One of the things I see a lot, a lot, a lot is when people have continually have a car accident. And I just can't figure out why do I, I'm a conscious driver. I'm safe. I've, you know, my vibration is high. They're doing all this work, but you know, something like that. It's just, they just keep getting hit out of the blue and very bizarre thing. Well, what happened, say two, three hundred years ago in a past life or even further, they, you know, were on their way to market, say with their wagon and things were really, really good. And all of a sudden, the wheel comes off, they go tumbling down. They have all these life plans. They go tumbling down the hill and they die. And it's just a, <gasps> wait, wait, everything's good. I've just got married. I'm having kids. You know, life is beautiful. And they, well, what's happened is they're stunned. And I see this a lot with things. They know they died. They're okay with that. They're okay that they had to do that life over because it wasn't what it was planned or whatever it may be. But what happened is it was so instantaneous and it was so out of the blue 
it just got smashed into them. They flew over the hill and smack, they're gone. What happens that's so stuck, that energy, that vibration keeps coming back. Uh, it keeps pulling them in oh. of that smash, the smash. It's not about the emotional trauma. It's not about any of those things. It's just purely an instantaneous thing happens so that it keeps happening over and over. And so I hear this a lot. People will say, well, everything's so good. And then every time things are good, I have a car accident. I'm like, well, oh, let's go find it. And so what I do, I don't go to the Akashic Records. That is a different place. I follow their energy vibration back along the timeline into that life. And I'm like, oh, well, because things are really good here and you wheel came off, you flew down, hit your head and you're still down at the bottom of that hill. So every time things get good, that past life gets triggered. It's like activated and that energy of the smash. And so smash, smash. Interesting. So when certain conditions energetically match that other lifetime, the trigger happens. Oh. And so let's just finish with this one and then let's see where else we go with that. So with your example, let's say you're in the session, you find that, you are telling your client, ah, yes, here we go. There it is. Then what happens in the session? So we clean it and we disconnect them and we move them forward. By that, I mean, I, I literally, I have followed back their line. Like, you know, I said, I talk, I work with my hands. So I'm going deeper and deeper into that. What we do is we kind of cut the cord there. There's like an electrical cord shooting energy through. You can envision that. And then we scoop up that whole life and I fold it up, that little bubble, because it's like a bubble that's gotten stuck in time. And I give it to the angels and they'll go and repurpose that energy. And it's like recycling for them. And then I bring that whole energy cord back up so there's no energy connection to the present. And then we readjust their energy. I'm doing it with my hands if you're watching on video. Yeah. So what I'm doing is that I'm then readjusting that energy so that they're fully in the present tense. And I bring them forward. Oh. There's no energy line to trigger anymore. And they're free. And it happens. What's incredible is I have my clients breathe and visualize with me. Have, they have to be very present because it's a team effort. They'll feel that shift usually. And no more car accidents. Well, as long as they're paying attention on the road. But yeah. <laughs> right. No more car accidents from that old wagon. From the wagon, thing, yeah. You know. <laughs> Interesting. The thing that's standing out to me is the fact that you bring that you it's disconnected and then you bring it up into the present that's got to help empower their energy right because they're no longer connected there's not a highway to that other place absolutely i call it a drain because they're literally that energy is draining out from them and if it's a big thing like that's that's a pretty small thing maybe it was something big Oh, yeah. And they'll even feel clients say, I just, I, I don't feel like I'm here. In fact, PTSD of past lives is so very real. And that's a huge strain. And they're actually half of their energy body is back in that other time, you know, and they'll feel it. And I've had clients often say, I, I keep smelling the smoke. I'm like, oh, that was the fire you died in back in 1700 in New Orleans or whatever, you know. Whoa. Yeah. One of the things I found with COVID when it hit, 
or I'm finding more now because we've moved through that emergency state, that trauma, and now we're processing it as lots of past lives were triggered there. They feel like they're emotionally working through what happened in those that time for them. I mean, they can't figure out why they can't get through it and why they still feel bad or they're depressed. It's because past lives at even collective levels were triggered. We didn't know if the human race was going to survive in the beginning. Well, how many times have we been through that through the ages? Wars and floods. And so that trigger and the famine, and when they, we couldn't access things, lots of famine triggers. Well, of course, there's the plague and all that, too. Yeah, that's where my mind went was the plague or so I never really thought about that before. But yeah, could that be related to long COVID? I think it is. Uh, For what I see, it is. When I clear that long COVID from an energy standpoint, I am not a medical professional. But from an energy standpoint, it is our fight or flight system is stuck on. It's like it's stuck at some level. And so it's over processing the adrenals, the hormones, the nervous system, and then wherever our weakest links, whatever vulnerabilities are being affected within our system. That's why it's all over the board. When I have someone with long COVID, we go in and we calm that down and we find those triggers that either, you know, in this life, but also going back in the past lives, what is stuck open? Because our bodies, they don't know time. They're just, these are just really dense energy systems. And so they don't think, oh, it's 2023. If it's happening, it gets triggered. It's just happening. And it could be from 1300. It could be from BC somewhere. We clear that and that long COVID clears up pretty quickly. Wow, that's fascinating. I have one more COVID Sure. No, that's a whole topic. (laughs) I know it is. It is. But this is what's coming to my mind because I was just emailing a Reiki friend of mine. And do you know he's had COVID now five times? I couldn't believe it. Do you have any thoughts on that? Why you just keep getting it over and over? feel terrible for him. Yes. And that's a little like having that car accident, that trigger. And for him, I I don't know because I haven't worked with him at all, but probably he was in the plague or something like that. And something traumatic happened with it that, you know, maybe he was holding his son who was dying of, you know, something, there's probably some attachment deeper there for him if he keeps having, but why he's having it is there's something to clear. There's something that keeps coming up as an opportunity to go deeper and clear. It, it could also be, we get stuck in cycles because we haven't cleared the root. body just keeps living it. Yeah. I had an interesting thought when you were talking about possibilities of like holding a child or something like that during the plague. And he's had it five times. Maybe it corresponds to losing five family members and having to go through that each time. Yeah, it could be. It's just so fascinating. I actually have chills as you say that. I might talk to him. (laughs) We could help him out. (laughs) What I thought is, I wonder if they weren't all together, passing together as a family. He lost all of them because he was like away you know, hiding away in their home to stay safe. And then they all got it. And that kind of feels very isolated and very personal. Yeah. It's just amazing, isn't it? These journeys that we're on, so mysterious, but yet so infinitely delicate, connected, intricate, 
It's fascinating. I just keep using that same word, but I agree. It's mind blowing. What I find when I work with people, every session is so unique, even if it's the same client, you just never know what comes up. And what's so beautiful about it is we've been through a lot. You know, we've had thousands of lives and we've been through a lot. And we just this lifetime, if you've been on the planet, you've been through a lot more than many lifetimes together, I would say in these last few years for some of us. And what's so beautiful is we continue to reroute our energy and we keep on going. We are so powerful and masterful. The way I have seen people reroute their energy to accommodate a trauma they couldn't deal with or a wound or or to help carry someone else and be able to shift their energy and keep doing amazing things, it blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It gives me chills when you talk about <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> Little goosebumps there. Um, yeah, because the word to me is resilient. We're so resilient. I think for the most part, we don't think of ourselves that way. We're just coping, you know, and getting by, but we're powerful beyond we can even imagine. And the the things that we do, it's incredible. I'm wondering, what about star seeds? We hear a lot about star seeds, like souls that are from other dimensions, other worlds, things like that who may be here on earth now during these times, maybe to help assist or or whatever it may be. But I'm wondering, do those sorts of things come up in your sessions? Yes, absolutely. First, I have a lot of clients that ask, am I, start, you know, where am I from? Um, and I think we all want that. We want to know where we came from. Those origins help also ground us and help us connect to our inner selves. So I, I often look. And yes, there, there are lots of us. And I would always say we're all a star seed in some way. There are some that are just human, but we've all traveled to other places. And that's a neat piece when you look at past lives, because you can see some of the past lives on other planets and other galaxies, sometimes other dimensions um, is really a better way to put it, but more abstract is that they come here to train, come here to learn and to assist us. Uh, many star seeds do. I often just call us all light beings because we're all made of light. That way, some are from other star systems, some are from other planets. It's so huge. Light being covers it all, but we've all come in here. And when I see it in their energy, there's such unique frequencies. And I also see very few are purely one star scenes. People always want, want a name for it. I'm like, I can't tell you. You've, you know, you've lived here. You've lived there. You've enjoyed this life. You go back to your home planet on occasion. You know, I was like, well, it's just left of the Milky Way, two more galaxies out. I mean, <laughs> I wish I could tell you. Take a left at, <laughs> at Alpha Centauri. Right. You know? Yeah, you know what it reminds me of is even here on Earth, when we do our ancestry, you know, the DNA, well, we're not one thing. We're a lot of different things going back. So it's kind of interesting you know, that you see the same thing in the galactic sense, I guess. I do. It's our soul origins. But yeah, our our light heritage is really blended. Maybe a handful of times have I seen just pure one-on-one. And that was very, very rare situations. Anybody stays clear. Um, angelics. I see a lot of angelics have a lot of heavy angelic energy. But other than that, everybody's blended. And even then they have blend because... 
we, our souls want to learn and grow. And so we want to go to other galaxies. We want to be in other dimensions. We want those experiences. Right. And that's just another way to have them. I guess, too, do you stumble upon that? Do you work with a client? Maybe they come for a certain issue or something and and you, as you described, you'll say, oh, well, let's look at that. And you follow that line or, or however you put it, you follow that. And does it uncover perhaps a past life in the other place, on the other planet or something that, you know, they didn't come asking about it, but it leads you there? Yes. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, either another planet or just a whole different life or a whole, you know, actually, no, it's not another planet. It's just when you were 14. Sometimes, yeah, because what I do and I, I try really, really hard to stay an, an objective kind of investigator and make no assumptions because that can be very easy to do. But also it's very hindering when I'm looking because I don't know, you know, sometimes people say, Oh, it's on my left side. It's got to be a mother issue. Females left. Mike. Mm, no, it's because you you know jammed your left shoulder when you were such and you know. so. When we're talking star seeds and going back that way, that is always fun and surprising because yeah, they'll come with an issue and like I said, I'm just following it to the root, so I, I don't know where we're going to go. We'll end up way out there, and a lot of times, what I find these deep longings. I've had a lot of clients recently just I'm longing for a home. I never felt comfortable in my body. I don't feel like I'm I don't feel like I belong to this place. So we look and go, oh yeah, you don't. You belong out here. And this is one of your first times here on Earth. For thousands of lives, but you're new or you haven't been to Earth in a long time. So that helps we can clear that up just by them knowing sometimes. But as a surprise, it I never know where the energy's going. And I try really hard to make no assumptions. So in the beginning of a session, I always do a full scan. I say, I'm going to get an overview. And then we do that. And then we move into work. So that the energy, their energy can show me what it needs to show me, regardless of what their personality thinks they need, which we work on both because it's all in all them. Yeah, I love that whole beginner's mind. I call it beginner's mind, you know, just letting them be brand new and you're discovering. Yeah. I just think that's so helpful. How do they take it? So that's, I guess, a question because sometimes they might, I would imagine you find a past life where maybe they were responsible for some things that that might be pretty rattling pretty jarring to them? Does that ever happen? And and also in that same question, if they find out they're from another place and all of that, how does that go over? So one thing I learned early on, this was trial and error, because in the beginning I, I was naive and I want to, I want to fix all of you right here and right now, you know, I'm just going to do it all and they need to hear it. And that's not how it works. That is so rude as I've come to find. I need to honor that person where they are in their path. Um, and so what I started learning to do is ask their higher self what it needs to show me. What do they need to see today? What do they need to work on today? And part of that is what they bring to the table consciously. So if they have a question, if they need to know something, then they need that is something we need to address because their energy 
is bringing it verbally to me. So that usually helps. That really has helped me not expose them to things they're not ready to work on. Like I mentioned with the Kundalini, but other past lives, they're not strong enough and secure enough along their healing path. That could be really detrimental to tell them. Well, yeah, you know, you uh, slaughtered a thousand people back in ancient Greece or whatever it may be. We don't do that. If they're ready and it comes up, if it comes up, it's always presented because their higher self is always looking for empowerment and healing and growth. That's how it's always presented. You did do this. Why? Because usually they'll have some underlying guilt around it and not know what that guilt goes to, right? And so we look at that life, honestly and openly, but also from a standpoint of healing. Why did you do it often? I mean, I don't, I don't work with many psych- psychopaths, so I don't have to worry. To you. They just don't want my work, right? Oh, imagine that. <laughs> no, neither do true narcissists, so we're good there. They're looking to understand what happened. And so we can say, you, yes, this happened. You ordered the slaughter of these people, but why? More times, I would say 99% of the time, it was because there was a bigger reason of saving more people or protecting or there was a good intention behind it. And so if we can help find that, and also how do you learn from this? Maybe we learn a deeper way of looking at things and such. So it's always empowering and healing in the end. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And also, I mean, isn't it just true? We've all we've all done it all. <laughs> yes. I think it's just helpful to just step into that truth and just realize that. But why? From my perspective, in order to forgive, we have to have something to forgive. And that takes that act. It takes that unpleasant thing. But in a way, that's a gift because it offers the opportunity to learn forgiveness. Right? So maybe, you know, it's not all good and bad. It's just give and take. And it's kind of like a dance where... You don't step on your partner's feet. You move together. So forward, backward, so, forward, yeah. backward. Yeah. So I hope by, you know, talking about all of this, we can invite the listeners to go further or to maybe just even begin embracing. We haven't all been all light all the time. And that's okay. That's all right. Because it's all helpful. It is. Well, and I think we have to remember, like we went back from the beginning, we were talking about how our past lives are our continuous life of our soul. Yeah, in order to learn, we have to practice. And if we practice, we're going to screw up. And even in this life, we have to own things. We didn't do them. We may have not even done them for the right reasons. We did them, but I always say, always we've done them with the best choices we had at the time. Wherever we were, we made the best choice. And we have to look at the perspective of where things were happening. We have to have something to forgive to forgive, like you said. If we can go back, if we have the courage to look back into some of our past lives, then we can get a whole new perspective on where we've come from and why we make the choices we make today. And what that does is empower us to make higher vibrational choices each day. It also allows us to have more grace with everyone. We all screw up. I've seen a lot of lives people make bad decisions, but they had bad information being filtered to them. They didn't know that their advisors were giving them politically motivated, tainted information. And so in a past life, they did order a war. 
thinking they're making the right thing, but they can give themselves grace. They can also look out and see that today people are doing the same thing. Not always do we, you know, there's, it's not black, it's not white. It's a big, long, gray training field. (laughs) Enjoy the training field and be okay with it. We've also really tried hard and things didn't go right. And that's okay because you know what? If we had past lives, we'll have future. And so we get to keep practicing. And I think that in and of itself, just knowing that this isn't going to be our last life. We've had thousands before. We're going to have thousands more. So relax. You ain't going to get it all this time, I promise. (laughs) And it's okay. Because if we did, what would happen? Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to run out of time. No, we won't. (laughs) There's always a chance for a do-over. Oh, yeah. Always a chance. Although it's funny, though. I'm sure you've met people like like I have that I I don't ever want to come back. And I think, yeah, you say that now. I say it all the time. I'll confess. <laughs> this is the last life. I'm, what all do I need to do? I'm doing it now. I look around and I go, are you kidding? This is too much fun. You know, and when you look at it in a bigger aspect of all the things we've done and all the things we've get to do, yeah, of course, you know, we all do need a break. And it does get too much sometimes. So we step back, but we also get ready to step back in. We step back to rejuvenate so we can go back in. We want to be in. I don't know about you. I feel like there's really no place like Earth. I just feel like Earth is pretty unique. I think we're pretty fortunate to be here. I agree. I think we're very unique. And from what I see, from what I know, my little perspective of it all is this is the first time we've come this far in being individually conscious in the third dimension, this physical realm on this planet. I always feel like there's tons of other beings out there watching what we're doing, going, whoa, how are they doing that? You know, how do you get this? Because there's an experience like none other here. Maybe that would be helpful for people to look through that lens, you know, that we're the rock stars of yeah, the universe over here on Earth, instead of like, oh, uh, we're in just like the dirty field over here, you know, uh, toiling away. But yeah, I like that. We're the rock stars of the galaxy. I like that. Lucky to we be are here. lucky. And we're doing the work. This is ours. We're making the creations. No, we've never done it before. So it's not going to be pretty. And it's going to be messy. What in life isn't? We're birthing a whole new consciousness in many ways. Has birthing ever been painless and clean and tidy? I don't know. <laughs> Only on TV. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, Tara, I'm wondering if you can just say a little bit about that. Because we've kind of, you know, danced around. Here I am saying dancing again, but uh, dancing around the topic a little bit about this ascension and higher vibrations and things like that. And I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that, about what you're seeing through uh, your experience and what you can perceive as far as this whole ascension process. And also, one other thing, a lot of people are super sensitive to the energies with all of this. And I'm wondering if you have any advice for them about how they might help themselves. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Let me start with that. We are very, very sensitive to energies today for a couple of reasons. One, we are becoming more aware of them. At a very conscious level, we're more aware of them simply with the internet, with wireless signals. These things 
wow, we can do this, right? So our conscious awareness is there. And then we're also spiritually waking up and becoming consciously aware of our energy fields, the electromagnetic energy we send out, how it all shifts through us. So that creates more sensitivity. And we came to be more sensitive to grow, which we'll talk about in a second. On the flip side of that is this world is incredibly more charged. We are at a super high charge in energies that we've never had before. I always say it's crowded with energy. There is no place to go that there's not energy. We've got it beaming from thousands and thousands of satellites. And just about every month, another 50 to 200 satellites going up beaming energy back and forth. So we're getting it at levels we never have. Many of us have not had a lifetime with this much energy on earth. And just alone, all the people, I mean, there's people energy. I mean, how many billions of people we're used to? Maybe a couple billion at the most spread out around the earth. And then we've got cars and energy and electricity. We've got all these things. So we come in and we're used to it being dark at night. We're used to it being quiet. We're used to having the space around us or we could go out and get away. We can't. So we're more sensitive and then we're being, I don't like to use the word bombarded, but it feels that way if you're not used to it. So I say all that to say to your listeners, I get it. And you are not crazy. This is very, very real. And it's very real to just a basic everyday technological standpoint. So with that, it does take us to a level of higher responsibility for our own energy, bringing our awareness to that. Understand that it's, it is harder. It is more. For those who are very empathic from the emotional standpoint, I get you too. It is harder to go to the grocery store. It's exhausting. That's because all of us humans are lost. We all have so much more emotion. We're all, if we're all ascending, we're also releasing so much energy. We're releasing so much emotion. And we don't know where it is and what we're doing with it. So yeah, all those people, we're, everybody's a little whacked out. So you're walking through wackiness. So with that comes that extra responsibility. And I say, first and foremost, have grace. Have grace with yourself. Don't just internalize it and say, I'm broken. I can't handle this. Say, no, I just need to learn a new way to focus. I need to learn some new techniques. And I'd say approaching it from that standpoint Release some stress. Then look at how, I, I call it energy hygiene. How good is your energy hygiene routine? And do you need to upgrade it? Because most all of us need an energy hygiene upgrade. And that means making sure you're consciously clearing your energy each day. Literally imagine there's there's some great videos, I know, or YouTube, or whatever. I think you have some really wonderful um, Reiki cleaning meditations. Put it in your practice. Your energy hygiene is more vital than your dental hygiene or your body hygiene, okay? Make it part of that routine and see it that way. And then nurture your energy. Bring in fresh new energy from positive ways and really pay attention to what what are you putting? Think about diet. What do you put in your body? Well, what are you putting in your energy field? And you have to bring in those right nutrients. You need, and there's also, again, great meditations for it, or just sitting and feeling the energy come in. Breathe in that light from above the top of the head and just let it pool into your root chakra and just fill it up. You know, just let your energy fill you and spend time with your energy. And then third, you want to protect your energy. You're not 
defending your energy. It's, this is not a sword and a shield. This is more like your hat and your mittens when it's snowing out, okay? <laughs> or a rain cut when it rains. Think about it that way and put on those energy shields. And a couple of things too is just simple colors. Colors vibrate energy very easily. You don't have to know a lot, but envision yourself putting it on. I used to have a little sticky note on my door. So when I'm putting on my shoes, right, I'm grabbing my purse. I see a little sticky note that says, shield, don't forget your shield. And I'd stop and you just imagine putting light over you. Put some nice white light and some gold light and some pink light. Just see them as bubbles. Visualization is very powerful in the energy work. And so if you just do that, then when you go out there, you're not picking up all that stuff. And then remember to clean it off when you come home. That's hopefully helpful. I have some other things. I'm starting to teach some of this online. And if anybody's interested in the website to look there, also reach out to me. I'm happy to share tips and information anytime. The Ascension side, we'll jump over there. We are. We are shifting. We are shifting levels that we've never shifted before. From what I see, our energy is, and I, when I say the collective, not just talking the human collective. I'm talking the entire planetary atmosphere, all of our energy here, and even actually out through our planetary system. We are shifting. And what that means is we are moving. Energy is always moving. It, it, it can't not move. That's what it is. It is force. It is movement. And so we are slowly shifting that energy at a higher bandwidth. I often think of like dial-up to broadband, you know, now if fiber, whatever that is in the energy, think of that, we're moving those. I also like to go back to the radio dial, the old school radio dial analog. And then you're shifting, we're shifting up higher frequencies. So we're slowly still moving out of those old frequencies. And I know that's very abstract, but at a practical level, we are raising our consciousness to see the world, not as black and white, left or right, that polarity of third dimension. It's not good or evil. We talked about this, we're talking about the grayscale. So what we're doing is we're moving up, we're bringing that together to see a different perspective. We're starting to see the world as inclusive, wider, brighter, and more. And in doing that, we have to break down all those old paradigms that don't work. And that's that chaos we're seeing everywhere. That's that's the stuff that makes it go I'm done. <laughs> I'm checking out and I'm not coming back this, you know, to earth. But what's happening is we're breaking down old infrastructures that kept us heavy in what we're doing, heavy in the way we were thinking about the world, heavy in the survival mode. And we're moving out of survival mode, which is very instinctive. It's very reactionary, right? It's very protective. And we're moving into intuition. We're moving into inclusion. We're moving into growth. We're going beyond surviving on earth into thriving at every level of our life. And, and earth itself also, not just us and all the planets and the trees and rocks and all that stuff. But we have to break down all those old survival modes. As we, I should say not before, what's happening, breakdown is happening while growth is happening. We're building our new infrastructure to see those higher planes of inclusion and possibilities that are less dense. That's so exciting. Yeah, that's what we were talking about before. Exciting times we have here, like never before and like never again. 
It's been such a pleasure, Tara. I have to say, it's been so fun talking with you and seeing where the conversation was unfolding the whole time. You started talking a a little bit about it, but if people want to reach out and find out more about your work and and, uh, yourself, how can they best do that? I would go to my website to start. That is elevatedenergies.biz and just hop on there and tell us a little bit more about me and about my work, the style of, I try and lay out really closely what I do in session so that you can understand that, you know, people want to know what they're getting into when they get there. And then you're welcome to email me questions, thoughts, you know, there's also on there, like I mentioned, Elevation 361. That's a brand new institute. And my guys and I are developing much like my work. We're just, we're just doing it organically. It teaches a lot of techniques and processes about our energy systems and how they're made up, how they work, and how we can utilize them. So if you have questions or interest in that, it'd be lovely. Fantastic. Thank you again, Tara, for joining me today. And it's really been fun. Thanks a lot. Oh, it truly has. Thank you so much, Andrea. I appreciate the honor. This episode is sponsored by the new Mainstream Reiki community, where we bring together Reiki practitioners of all levels to build a supportive, like-minded community, continue our education and practice together so that we can deepen our understanding of Reiki, explore related topics, and empower ourselves and each other to practice Reiki more confidently. Join us for live Reiki practice, participate in group mentoring sessions and conversations, to share insights and connect with other Reiki practitioners from around the world in a welcoming atmosphere free of social media and advertising. To learn more, please visit members.mainstreamreiki.com. Thank you for listening, and you can check the show notes or visit the website beyondthereikigateway.com to find out more about the podcast and connect with me. Please keep in mind that views and opinions expressed in the show don't necessarily reflect those of the podcast or anyone affiliated with its production or advertising. This program is presented for your entertainment only, and all information provided is to be utilized at the listener's own discretion. I, along with the BTRG team, hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy making it for you. Wishing you highest blessings until we meet again beyond the Reiki Gateway.